right. Good morning, everyone. Let's stand up. Welcome to Labor Day in church. Here we go. I want to welcome the online crew, which is larger this week. Here we go. But we're going to worship God, right? Amen. Let's do it. physical and I'm in a war but not with this world you are the light that's beautiful I want more I want all that's yours show me unspeakable that won't go away and just enough strength to live for today so I never have to worry what tomorrow will bring cause my faith is on solid rock I'm counting on God I'm counting on, I'm counting on God. 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 I'm in a fight, not physical. And I'm in a war, but not with this world. You are the light that's beautiful. I want more. I want all that's yours. Here we go. Joy unspeakable that won't go away. And just enough strength to live for today. So I never have to worry what tomorrow will bring. Because my faith is on solid rock. I'm counting on God. I'm counting on, 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 I'm counting on God. And the miracle of Christ in me. Is the mystery that sets me free I'm nothing like I used to be Just open up your eyes, you'll see And the miracle of Christ in me Is the mystery that sets me free I'm nothing like I used to be Just open up your eyes, you'll see Joy unspeakable that won't go away and just enough strength to live for today So I never have to worry what tomorrow will bring Cause my faith is on solid rock I'm counting on God I'm counting on, 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 I'm counting on, counting on, counting on, counting on. Joy unspeakable that won't go away And just enough strength Blink-182 worship, right? There we go. 
strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Our God, you reign forever. Our hope, our strong
Lord God, I just thank you for bringing us here today and, and for all who are watching. That God, no matter what it is in life, we need to stop and just recognize the need that we have for you. All we have to do is just look in our world. We look in our world, there's turmoil, there's threats of war, as the scripture says, wars and rumors of war. We have poverty that is of epidemic proportions. And millions of people, more people on the earth now than ever before. And um, we just seem to have more evil. We have more tragedy, more natural disasters. And many of our brothers and sisters who are just south in the United States are suffering and dying because of uh, a tragic storm. And here we look at one coming again. And so, God, um, we need you. We need you every single hour. Help us to recognize where you are in the midst of all of, all of this chaos of life. And God, during this time, may we just stop and focus on you. We love you, and we ask for your presence to speak mightily to us. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody says, amen. Take this time to just say hello to those around you as the uh, children are going to our Shoreline Sunday School ministry. All right, uh, let me see here. Turn my... All right, good morning. Everybody good? Are you good? All right, now you can hear me. I don't want, that would be awful if you came to church and not hear me. Okay, we want to welcome you to here today. Um, everyone, just want to take a look at some of our announcements that we have here, uh, some of the announcements that we have. Um, is number one to welcome visitors. If you're here, um, awesome. You came on a day um, where you can find a seat really easy. It's good. You did that on purpose. Um, it is Labor Day, and we want to, you know, wish everyone uh, the great day because uh, summer, this has been a really crazy summer for many people, um, good in other ways and difficult in others. But we do have a special guest for thanking you for being part of our church worship today. Um, membership class, we're going to have that in October, October the 8th. Isn't that crazy? We're talking about October, just a month away. Uh, Youth group will start Sunday, September 17th, and you can see the information about that. We have a lot of stuff about Sunday school here. Um, We're we're gearing that up and getting ready to really kick in. Our promotion Sunday, the kids go up. That will be next week to the next class. I remember um, remember those of you who were in Sunday school and stuff got really excited before you went to, like, the next class um, and those kind of things, so I know that's happening. Um, Today in the lounge area, which is over here today, Sunday school and youth group registration. There is a table set up for registration if you want to go ahead and get them taken care of. One of the things that I want to assure you is we are really big on making sure our children are safe as well in this world, which is not. Um, and so we want to make sure that we have we take pictures to make sure everybody's connected and that you don't have to worry about them during the um, time they're in great hands of our Sunday school teachers. We've had great Sunday school instructors, and um, many of them are returning, and we have some new ones, and we can also use some other ones. If you want to go ahead and help, what we like to do is get enough people to volunteer to help with Sunday school so that one person or two people don't get to be in there every week and miss the worship experience. So if you feel like God's knocking on on the door, we've been talking about listening for God, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that here today. Um, So you can see those in there as well. Um, outreach opportunity, we are still collecting and signing up for the emergency rotating shelter, okay? 
um, and we want uh, all kinds of supplies by the 24th. You can see the information uh, back there, and um, again, our date for doing that is January 29th, 2018. Um, gosh, that's weird. Um, so, Haiti Mission Trip. We've had several people with the Haiti Mission Trip said, okay, we've heard a little bit, but we want to hear more. So just to let you know, we'll have a little bit different service on the 17th of this month. And what we're going to do, we're going to have people from um, the mission trip up front. I will be here. We're going to facilitate that. And we're going to go ahead and just share um, a couple different things. We're going to share what the experience was, um, both humorous and also emotional. Then we are going to share, believe me, there's lots of humor. Um, and so if, um, if you ever see me sift uh, cement, I'm a sifter. I dance with it. Um, but if you have that, we're going to do that. We're also going to share the experience of how God really touched our hearts. And maybe we got, and what I believe is we got something more than we could ever have give, given to the people of Gracier or Haiti. And you're gonna, we're going to have some pictures. We're going to have some other things. It'll be like a talk show, like I'll be Oprah for the day. Um, and so we'll have that. Um, but then, um, then what we're also going to do is share how we can continue to help and where we are headed before. Now, I do want to clarify something. Um, you know, as a child of the internet now, um, and I was really tired on a plane. That's the excuse I'm going to give. But I was looking up. Remember a couple weeks ago I shared that Haiti means listen. Um, I was wrong on that. It does mean mountains. And there's a great book called Mountains Beyond Mountains, which is a, a, a Haiti kind of, um, kind of uh, you know, speech that they have there as well, something that they'll say. Um, but I saw listen next to the pronunciation and thought it meant the definition. So you'll forgive me, but I correct that. But anyway, God's been speaking a lot to me because of my trip to Haiti um, and to many others. And so we just want to share that because it's not something that we went and you didn't. We all went and we all continually are helping um, with this ministry, Haiti, and I really want you to not miss that. Um, and we're going to have some other people, hopefully, that come in um, and want to hear about this. And so we res- just invite people that day because um, I really, um, there's been a few things in my life that have touched my heart so deeply as this um, experience that I would say. I can't even call it a trip because it wasn't. It was something that was much, much more. All right. Uh, pa- also on September 17th, you can get filled up here and hear about how we helped overseas. And then you can go ahead and help here um, with the Parish Foundation. And Mike, do we sell spots and needs? Okay, plenty of, in the Bonnie uh, Racine language, um, we have plenty of opportunities for people to plug in to the Parish Foundation. If you don't know what that is, we go ahead and monthly support um, the Parish Foundation. They feed the homeless. It's right there by the pretzel factory in Elkton. Um, They they help feed them every night of the week, and so we take um, once a month and do that. So um, we challenge you on the 17th to go ahead and connect there. And then Community Kitchen, a thank you. From everyone there, we served 95 lunches and had 12 servers. And we're blessed by eight-year-old twin girls singing Christmas music with their brothers. All right. Oh, Christmas? See, I told you I need glasses. Christian music. Hey, Merry Christmas. It's Christmas. Same thing. I was like, jingle bells in August? Hey, what the heck? It is a little bit cold last night, so we'll go with it. All right. So I told you I need glasses. I, you saw it. I am getting old. All right. Um, any other things that we need to touch on there before we move on? Uh, do we have any prayer concerns today that we had collected or handed in today? Okay. Um, I know um, uh, Missy Evans asked for prayers for her father, um, Jimmy, who is going through um, a lot of COPD issues. So we want to lift him up in your prayers as well. Um, I also got a chance to see pictures, but also speak to Katie Doan, who is right in the thick of it in, um, 
in Texas. Um, she said her community has been an island, pretty much so, but they were thankful for the island. They have like 15 young people living with them and like four couples that were in their house. And they, she said she channeled her inner Bonnie um, and went ahead and they got a chance to get out um, for a little bit. Mike came back and said we should not have been out. Water was going up over top of the... Um, the truck, um, but she went ahead and they were able to get rice and pasta and make it go. Um, I told her, let us know after everything settles down how we can help. Um, because a lot of pla- we know that places like Houston and other places are going to get that. It's the smaller towns outside. She said our whole town outside is completely gone. Um, many of the people who were living at their house had two-story houses and the water was up to the second story. So many people have lost, and it's awesome what people are doing for Houston and other areas, but don't forget, many people, and many of these people have never had flooding because they didn't expect it, and this has really hit. I know Jill used to live in Beaumont, and they say it's, and yeah, they're right near there, so it's just, it's a horrific, horrific thing that we, and again, we have this next one coming along that may hit us and other people, so be praying. Um, you talk about experience. I know Miguel texted me and was like, Hey, they're saying it may head toward Dominican and Haiti. I said, it's happened before. She goes, but now I know people. What happens? And so that, that just changed us. So we're going to be in touch with Katie and see how we can help out as a church um, and help them there. They had one road out, and then they were releasing the, the water from the dam so it didn't um, go over. And so they were, so that, that adds to more flooding. So um, it's, it's horrific what's going on there. Lift them up in prayers. All right? Any other prayer requests real quick that we have? All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer, if you will. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. And as we come to you, we recognize there are so many uh, concerns and so many things that we have going on in our lives. And yet, often we're not sure where to turn. So many of us turn to the news. So many of us turn to others, other people. But God, during this time, we need to turn to you. And so, Father, during this... uh, this time of worship, I just ask that you hear the cry for people who are, who are suffering from one reason or another due to loss, due to illness, uh, due to national, natural tragedies, um, or those who are, who are suffering from some other kind of uh, mental, physical, or other kind of issue. God, reach out and touch them if they're in the sound of my voice and bring your presence to them. As we stand here today, we are so blessed um, in so many ways, but one of those is um, we've been financially blessed where most of the world lives on $2 or less a day. God, I just pray that um, you have found your servants here and around the world um, that call themselves Christians to reach out and do to the least of these as you require. God, there are so many even in our own community as we look and we have things like Community Kitchen and Rotating Shelter and Parish Foundation that need your help, and you're going to do that through us. And so, God, as we receive the gifts and your tithe right now, I ask that you multiply them and use them here to further your kingdom here and around the world so that we can proclaim to the world that Jesus is Lord and he, we serve a mighty God who is alive. And so, God, use us. Use this time together to reach out and touch us, to bring your presence to us in more powerful ways than we ever have. And ultimately, God, May we become stronger in the faith, the faith of Jesus Christ. May we love you all the more and display that as we treat others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
We have two verses this morning, the first from John on denying the incarnation. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. The second is from Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. All right, today is our last Sunday in White Noise, okay? So hopefully during this series, you've been able to go ahead and connect a little bit um, to uh, hearing God's voice, and there's been a lot of noise, hasn't there? A lot of white noise that's been out here in our world to kind of distract us or to cloud our ears from hearing God. Um, Our theme verse has been this verse here. We came, um, it's printed in your bulletin from John chapter 10, and you can see it right here. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, uh, meaning the sheep, and the sheep listen to his voice. Uh, Jesus is using an illustration of the shepherd and the sheep. Um, This is a famous uh, verse. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize his voice. Notice that the shepherd is the one who is supposed to lead and the sheep are supposed to what? Follow. How's that working out in our lives, right? And in our world today. Notice that it says, it will not listen to the stranger's voice. And one of the things that we're going to talk about today is Satan has a voice too. Um, Scripture is very clear that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. And what I really believe in that statement is that when, like sometimes you get something that you think may sound good, but it's really not. Anybody ever been there? You thought that this, this may be a good a career move or this may be a, a good relationship to be in. Um, this may be uh, something good to try. This may be something, and you think that might be a good thing, and then you end up and you're like, what happened? God, I thought it was you, and we recognize it wasn't. You know, Satan speaks to us 
um, at times. One of the things that through my life, and some of you may find this a little interesting as being the extrovert that I am, um, in case some of you are shocked that I'm an extrovert, I know. We'll go ahead and let you uh, sink in with that. But one of the things in my life, um, one of, you know, a lot of times Satan will go ahead and speak to you in the midst of church, in the midst of um, when you're in a situation that is churchy, for instance. Like one of the things that I have dealt with throughout my whole life is um, insecurity, all right? I think we all have some amount of that insecurity, um, but there's, there's things that I have in my life that insecurity is something that I've thought about, I've counseled with, I've dealt with in my life, and sometimes that insecurity has really got me in trouble. Anybody with me? Nobody? Am I the only one there? Okay, there we go. Thanks. Um, so I like to know other people have done dumb stuff in the name of insecurity. Um, and so in the midst of that, one of the interesting things that happens with insecurity is even after being a pastor for 21 plus years, that there's times when I'm getting ready for a message or I'm sharing a message and I will, I'll be getting ready to preach and I'll hear that. You think you're something? Come on. We know what you were thinking about. We know what you did. You're going to talk about this. I know what was in your mind. You know what was in your mind. And you get this whole kind of like insecure thing. Jack, you're, you're, you're not going to do it. You can't, there's no way you can do that. So I want to let you know every Sunday, every week that I have gone to speak or preach, I have dealt with some level of Satan in one ear, um, God in the other, and Satan going, come on, Jack, get real. And sometimes what you find out is Satan will speak louder than God. Um, many times as we had that. And we shared this and we talked about these things. Uh, week one, um, if you didn't see, if you weren't here for week one or you weren't able to see it, I challenge you to either download the app, um, go ahead and get online and look at it. Um, we were talking about preparing your hearts to hear God. Because we, all that I will tell you, um, two through four mean nothing if we aren't prepared to hear the heart of God. Remember we shared, um, that was right after we got back from Haiti and I shared about how, how God be, um, is the gardener and how we need to prepare our hearts in order to hear what God says. Um, week two, we were talking about, and I shared with that God is speaking to me. You remember Samuel? Samuel, here I am. Your servant is listening. So we talked about that. Check that out as well. Last week we talked about what? You remember? Let's see how good you are. God whispers. The whispers of God. The whispers of God, how God whispers to us. And we shared and talked about that as well. And for those of you who would like to go ahead and read a little bit more about that, remember I said there's like 12 or 13 ways in the scripture that God speaks to us, but I believe the most popular way and sometimes the most annoying way, if you're like me, is the whispers of God because some, it takes a lot more effort to hear. Remember if I said, hey, if I said, hey, I want to tell you where you can find a million dollars. You guys go, huh? Right? You get a little bit closer. You've got to take effort. You've got to shut out everything else in order to go ahead and hear that. But there is a book called Whisper, and it's written by Bill Hybels. Um, Bill Hybels is the pastor of Willow Creek Church near Chicago and the founding pastor. And it's a really, really good book if you want to go ahead and read about that. But today we're going to deal with the question is, how do I know if it's God, if it's the devil, if it's just like the way I'm feeling that day, if it's like the tacos I ate last night? I don't know. How do I know whether it's God or not? How many want to know that question? If what I hear in my mind, if it's God or not. And that's what we're going to go ahead and talk about that. There have been several times in my life where I have been in situations, um, and I thought about this one as, I, you know, Facebook kind of brings up things. And this past week, I saw some people tagging me in some of the posts. Um, this week is the fifth anniversary of us starting um, being in this building. 
the fifth anniversary. And it's kind of gone quickly, right? Those five years, those five years has been filled with a lot of stuff, right? A lot of good, a lot of some, some bad, some kind of craziness, but um, we're still kicking. And, you know, um, we're, I'm looking forward. Believe it or not, I'm already thinking about Christmas time um, and the first of the year and where God is, is leading us. So actually, and then actually five years ago from today, there was an article in the Cecil Wig about that we finally um, had a church home after five years previously. So you do the math, we are looking at year 10. Um, there, double digits, we're growing up. Pretty soon we're going to be an adolescent church. There we go. All right. Um, so let's look at this. Um, but there has been times in the midst of, st- and I, with that in mind, I was thinking about the process of beginning the church. And I remember when I was thinking about doing this. And when I was thinking about doing this, I went and I talked to, I would talk to some people and they'd say, what are you doing? And one of the interesting things was I had a lunch meal one time with a guy who was in the church down there and he met with me, wanted to go ahead and meet with me in the church I was at, knowing the situation I had with my family, knowing that I just kind of was trying to hear God in a different way. And he sat with me and he looked across the table, bought me lunch. He looked across the table at me and he said, Jack, this is the dumbest thing that you could ever do. And I said, oh, thank you for buying me lunch and telling me that. Um, but no, he said, this is the dumbest thing you could do. You're young. You're, you're 36 years old. You're young. You're at a, at a level now from a career standpoint that, you know, they're going to go ahead and probably move you on and, and you'll get, have a bigger church and then you'll go ahead and maybe, maybe you'll be stu- district superintendent or bishop or whatever. You know, this doesn't make any sense at all why you would want to do this. And I suggest, and I really believe that, that Satan's trying to ruin you as a pastor. And, you know, and I had to look at him and say, no, no, I, I, I appreciate you. I love you, but I believe you're missing God on this one. I really believe in my heart. Because by that time, I got over the bounce back and forth. And he said, and, he just, and I just knew that I knew it and said, no, you're missing God on this one. I know it doesn't look like it makes sense. From a pro-con list, it makes no sense. Um, but from a, from a God perspective and knowing this is what God wants I just have a, a piece about this, and I know this is right. He said, oh, well, he said, oh, well, I'm just telling you. I really believe God told me. I said, I hear you. And you may say, well, wait a second. That's just wrong. That shouldn't happen to church, but it does, and it needs to as we begin to develop this. For instance, um, I want to take you to the scriptures real quick. Um, the Simon Peter, the disciple, the rock that, God, that Jesus built the church upon. Simon Peter, one time, Jesus is near Caesarea Philippi and says, who do men say that I am? Who am I? Out of the, some people go, well, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're a prophet. And out, out of the blue, Simon Peter goes, whoa, 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 you are the Christ, you're the Messiah, you're the Son of the living God. And I love Jesus' response. Here's the Jack translation. That's a good answer, and you're too stupid to come up with it yourself. You had to get that from God. That's what he said. He said, you know, good answer. That's exactly it. But Peter, I know you. There's no way you came up with that. You heard the voice of God. Isn't that cool? that he heard the voice of God. Let's go just a little bit further. Jesus begins to start talking about he must go, suffer, um, die upon the cross, and be raised again. And Peter says, no, 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 no. No, you will never die. It'll never happen. And Jesus says to him, get behind me, Satan. So in the, in the couple brief verses here, you go, you, you're, you know what? You got that from God. You heard the voice of God. To right then, he says, no, get behind me, Satan. So how do we know those voices? So many of us have times where we hear the voice of God, but we're not sure it's the voice of God. And sometimes he may say, no, no, that's, that's of Satan. So how do we wrestle and figure this out? What do we do about this? 
What do we do about this? Well, we're going to go to John chapter, uh, 1 John chapter uh, 4 and look at this verse. It's printed in your um, bulletin. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. Do not believe every spirit, but do what to it? Test every, look at the plural here, spirits, <clears throat> to see if they are from God. See if they are from God. Don't trust your feelings. No, trust your feelings. Have you ever had somebody say, I don't feel? Like kids always do this. I really don't feel like doing it. I really don't care. Go do it. Right? You have those things. <clears throat> if we did, how many of you, if you went by your feelings, that you would get up on Tuesday and go to work? No one? Okay. There we go. We have the slothful crew here today. Okay. Um, so how many of you, if you had to pay taxes, do you feel like doing that? How many feel like paying your electric bill? How many feel like getting up across the room and turning the television channel? That's what kids were for when I was little, right? You know, you had to go over. And how many were good like me? You could take it from 2 to 13 in one turn. Like that, and your dad would yell at you, okay? So our feelings deceive us. How many all the time feel like loving your significant other? If they're here, raise your hand, okay? Um, so, but we, at times, we don't feel like doing things. Our feelings, and in the scripture says, our hearts deceive us. I have uh, at several times in my life, I remember one time where this couple, young couple, had had a child, and um, they had had issues in their marriage. The one guy, um, after his wife gave birth to their child, he went downstairs and called his mistress to tell her what had happened. Yeah, I hear the ladies like, mm-hmm, yeah, right? So that's what he did. And so they had this, these issues, these marital issues. It was a long, long time ago. And we were sharing. I remember he sat across me and he said, you know, I just don't, I just don't feel this relationship anymore. You know, I just don't, I don't feel like, that. you know, I'm a good guy. I always go ahead and I always look out for other people. I always think of other people first. I always, you know, I'm one of those people who's always giving and, and I just don't feel like it here. And I said, wait a second, you just shared with me that you're always a person who gives, always a person who cares. And yet after your wife gave birth to your son, you went downstairs and called your mistress. Explain that one to me, Right. And he didn't feel like answering that answer, just to let you know, as we went on from there. Um, But here we go. You know, sometimes our feelings deceive us, and they don't just seem from God. I could pretty much take to the bank that what he was sharing with me was not from God in the midst of this, but came from his feelings. Proverbs 14, 12 says this. There's a way that appears right, but in the end it leads to what? Death. That, you know, some of the things that 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 look right to us, don't appear like good ideas. I have never heard anybody who has been through some kind of addiction issue ever say <clears throat> from the beginning, it looked horrible to me. It looked no fun. It looked like I never wanted to, to try it. I never wanted to do that. Nothing. But, you know, I've never heard anybody say that to me. Everybody said it was appealing. It was in a party. It was a situation. My friends were saying, go ahead. It'll be awesome. And for many of those people who immediately tried that thing that looked good, that appeared good to them, it ended, sadly, in physical death for them. All right? You with me? Everybody with me today? Okay? So here's what we have. You see, a lot of people say this feeling thing, I'm, that doesn't make me happy. I, I'm, not, I'm not happy. And I'm going, to, I'm going to say something to you. I want everybody to listen. God does not care whether you're happy. You look at the person next to you and say, God doesn't care whether you're happy. And if you don't have anybody around you, just yell at somebody, okay? God does not care whether you're happy. What God cares about is if you are holy, okay? God does not care if you are happy. He cares if you're holy. And here's something that you learn. Your, happy, your holiness will lead to your happiness. 
And I'm not talking about a situation. I'm talking about an, a, a, a point of being, a, an attitude of life. It doesn't mean that when tragic things come and happen that you're going to be upset. No, but you will have this kind of understanding, this condition, this happiness, this joy in the midst of everything. So you're... Holiness will lead to your happiness, but I will often tell you your happiness will shift and change, and it will also lead to your absolute misery at times. Has anybody ever gotten involved in something that you thought made you happy at the time, and it led to misery? Or have you known somebody else who's done that? This is, this is a true statement, so hang in there. So what we need is we need a filter. Everybody need a filter, right? In our world, in our fast-paced world, we need a filter or test to go ahead and hear and discern the voice of God. And so... I'm going to give four of them, and I'm going to give four filters that work best. And I believe they work best when they use all four of them. But I believe the best one is the first one as we start. Number one, you ready? Number one is, does it line up with the Bible? Does it line up with the Word of God? In other words, another way I can say this is God's voice will never con- um, contradict God's Word. God's voice will never, ever contradict God's Word. I want to share something. I'm not picking on this at all because I believe the church has picked on this situation a long time, and that's the D word, divorce. Don't, uh, just hang in here with me. Um, but the Pharisees also were using that to try to trip up Jesus. And here we have this situation where the Pharisees said, it said some Pharisees came to him to test him and ask, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? For any and every reason. In other words, they just, like, what? go ahead. And look at what Jesus says. Jesus did not give them an answer. What does he say? He says, haven't you read? Haven't you read? In other words, he said, why do you care about my opinion? Why do you care about my opinion? What does God say? My opinion doesn't matter anything. You know, it's very interesting that in our world today, if you go with me, there's a lot of things that if you go back 20, 30, 40 years that we used to consider sin that we don't today. Everybody with me? That we don't today. And so we moved along. And so often I will have people that will come up to me because of my role as a pastor, professor, whatever, and will say to me, Jack, what do you think about? And I'm, and you know, Jack has an opinion about everything, okay? Um, But what I'm learning, I know some, some of you are shocked about that as well, but what I am learning is to say to people, why does my opinion matter? What, have you read? God's opinion matters Eight billion times. I don't reserve the right to have an opinion on matters that God has already settled. You with me? And what I do know is that God loves every individual walking the face of this earth. I know that. I know that I do things, you do things, and every individual beside Jesus who walked the face of this earth has done things that are sin and deserve spiritual death and deserve eternal death. But it is by the grace, the, the, love, the unconditional love of God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son and my acceptance of him as my Savior and Lord that through the power of the Holy Spirit I am made right. Like we said, I need you. God, I need you. My one defense is my righteousness. It doesn't come from me. It comes from my relationship with Christ. Everybody good? I know I said a lot of words there real quickly, didn't I? Rewind it if you need to. All right, we're good. All right, so what we have. So my opinion really does not matter when it comes to fail in comparison to what God said. And Jesus said the same thing. Why are you asking me? And then he quotes the word of God from Genesis. This is what God says. Now let me say to you, since we mentioned the D word here, God does not hate divorced people. God does not disrequire people who have been divorced from serving him. 
God hates divorce because like I do, I hate everything that hurts my children. Everybody with me? Hanging in here. Anything that hurts my kids, daddy wants to fix. Right. So just as a good father in heaven, anything that hurts his kids, he doesn't want them to have to go through. But it happens because why? We are sinful and stuff happens. Right? But that does not, this requires. God can take anything in any situation and make it new. All right, so we good there? Everybody good there? Okay, good. So we need to follow God, not my feelings. Look at what it says here in the scripture that, um, that uh, we continue on. It says, and though, in Luke chapter 21, verse 33, and though all heaven and earth shall pass away, yet my words will remain forever true. You know, one of the other things we've got to be aware of is how people take the Bible and make it fit what they want it to fit. This has happened several times. Um, one of the things that we've talked about several times is the ills and the evil of racism in our, in our country and in our world. And you know that historically there's a verse in the Bible called the Mark of Cain. And you know many Christian people over the years have used that to attribute it to people of not white race. And that's wrong. It's a wrong translation, but that's how they, they continued to have slavery and to continue to have racism and still do to this day. Let's not kid ourselves. And so you got to know the word of God and you've you got to look at that in the full context, not just in picking and choosing. You see, there was a lady one time who went to her house and when she got in her house, she noticed there was a, she had just come from a prayer service. When she got into the house, she walked in and there was a robber in there. And she went ahead and she she said the, the last thing that she could say, she said, Acts 2.38, which meant turn from your sin. And at that, the burglar dropped to the ground and laid there and didn't move. She called the police. The police came. They arrested him and took him away. And as they were taking him away, he said, what happened that you went ahead and dropped? He said, because she yelled, I have an ax in 238s. <laughs> That'll make you stop in your tracks, am I right? The way we say the word and the way we interpret the way of God affects the way we speak. So watch out for Acts 2.38, all right? Satan, look at how it was done to Jesus. Satan, was tempt, when he was tempting Jesus, used the word of God. Satan used the word of God. And this is a warning for all of us because I dare say that Satan knows the word of God more than most of us, if not all of us. He knows it. He knows that he's defeated at the end. But he utilized the word of God in order to tempt Jesus. Didn't God say if you threw yourself off that he would send his angels? And how did Jesus, the word, the living word of God, respond to that? With the word of God. You shall not put the Lord your God to test. Constantly, that's how we know. Because Jesus understood the word of God. Satan has been taking and distorting and twisting the word of God from the beginning. Just ask Adam and Eve. And continues to do that today more and more. You can read about that in, in Matthew 4 and Luke 4 if you want to see the temptation of Jesus. Okay, so that's number one. Will it line up with the Bible? Number two, will it make me more like Christ? And that's our goal, to become like Jesus. That if I follow what this thing that I'm hearing from God, will it make me become more like Jesus or less like Jesus? And what we find out, the more I know about God, the goal is the more I know about God, the more I will become like him. And so that's our goal for small groups. That's our goal for Bible studies. That's our goal for connection. Beginning in, August, in October, I started to say August. You guys have been like, wait, that's where we've already come from. Beginning in October, we are going to begin a small group study. 
And I'm going to tell you this. We're going to ha- have small group leaders, and I'm going to ask for other small group leaders. I don't care whether you know the Bible back and forth. Are you willing, and are you trainable? Are you able to follow a set of guidelines and allow God to work on you? Right now, I believe as we're speaking, we have people who God is saying, hey, I would not mind to, to lead a small group. I'd like to open my house. I'd like to have it here. I'd like to do that. I want to have so many small groups. And what we're going to do, we're going to do a study written on a, on a book by um, one of the, when I believe one of the greatest teaching pastors um, that is around now, Francis Chan. It's a book called Crazy Love, um, about having a crazy love, doing crazy. You know, anybody remember when you were first in love, how you did crazy stuff? Like you, you wrote letters that you hope your kids don't find now, right? You, um, you bought like flowers every month anniversary, and now you're like, flowers are too expensive, right? You go through this kind of thing. We do crazy stuff. You stand in a mall, guys, holding the purse, going, I'm in love right? Those kind of things. You do those crazy things when you're in love. And so we need to look about what it means to be crazy in love with God. And we're going we're gonna to embrace this. And it's going to be like seven weeks that we're going to really embrace being crazy in love. And so people, um, you know, we're going to be back in the fall. Leaves are going to be falling. The mountaineers are going to win uh, and go move up in the poles. The eagles are going to win lots of games. It's going to be good. Um, so that, I am crazy. I got the crazy part, right? Got that. But we want you to go ahead and connect in small groups. And when we have those down, we want to have them all over the place so people can connect, all different times so people can connect. And I really believe just as radical was important to our church to lead us to where God has led us over these last couple months and and forward, I believe crazy love is going to be a next step in what God's going to do in our lives. So what I'm saying is, if we engage in crazy love, if we engage in that, if we engage in the connection and group together, I truly believe that that is going to help us grow more in God and Christ, and therefore we will become more like Christ by knowing more about him. In Philippians, it says this, in your lives, you must think and act like Jesus. You must think and act like Jesus. In 2 Corinthians, Chapter 10, it says, we must take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Now, if you're like me, I'm like, what did Jesus think, right? Or what, you remember those WWJD bracelets that were real popular? What would Jesus do? I got to know, what would Jesus think? What would Jesus do in situations? Because sometimes I really don't know. I really am not sure what Jesus would do in a situation. Sometimes I think I'm going into a situation like Jesus would do, but other times I just really don't know. If you turn to me to James chapter 3, and I think it's really good if you look up here. In James chapter 3, it gives us a nice list of how uh, Jesus, what Jesus would do in, in situations and what his test is. It says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all this. Pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, uh, impartial, sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace, Reap a harvest of righteousness. So here's what I'm going to say. When you get ready to type out that email and send it, is it pure? Is it, when you get ready to pick up that phone to say something to somebody, is it peace-loving? Is it uh, considerate? These other kinds of things. I know about you, there's a lot of stuff I've done that isn't like Christ, okay? So we want to look at that. So, you know, I mean, I've, I've had several people over the years share with me. And some of the things they share with me is I've had a lot of people that end up in situations where they've been wrong, where they've been wronged in relationships, where they've been cheated on. And I've had them come to me for marriage counseling situations. I've had one person say to me, hey, I've, had, I've known some people that this has, been, um, this has happened and they worked on it and they worked on their marriage and it's getting, uh, going along well. And then guess what? Somebody cheated on, same person cheated again. 
and then they, they, got, they, you know, they got to the point, I don't know what happened, I didn't know this, they're going through counseling, and the, per, what, the other person will come to me and say, um, what should I do? You know, I, what, what in the world should I do? I have some people telling me, no, forget it. And, and you know, but I, there's something that I, I feel. And I remember talking with one individual one time who um, said to me, as we were talking, I said, well, they were really strong Christian. I'm like, what do you think, you know, what, what would God, what is God telling you? What is going on? And they said, well, you know, as I look at myself, I, I was amazed by this. As I look at myself, God has forgiven me immensely. God has, 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 has loved me unconditionally. And so I'm willing to give another chance. And, I, and my response is, well, aren't you afraid that it's going to happen again? They said, well, if it does, God's got me. God's got me. That's an incredible faith. And you know what I, I could say? I couldn't say, you know, other people are like, you're so stupid. What are you doing? That's just dumb, imbecile, this kind of stuff. And, but yet when I really look at it, I had to say, man, that sounds like God. That sounds like God to me. And I know that's not the litmus test for all situations. Hear me. I know it's not. But in this case, this person was like, I know that, I know that God wants me to forgive and, and move on. And the last thing I heard is that they do have a successful marriage and are sharing with others um, about uh, these things that happen. Number three, do you get a godly thumbs up from God, godly counsel? Do you get a thumbs up from godly counsel? Now I want you to look at those two words, godly and counsel. In other words, and also I want you to circle something that's not there. Do you get a, a, a thumbs up? The thumbs up, circle that. That means an agreement, okay? Do you get an agreement from godly counsel? Um, a lot of times I believe we're in this kind of quandary. What do we do? What do we do? Yes or no? What do we do? Up and down. And what I see is this. Agreement is a strong thing from people who are godly and strong. Um, and I believe there's a power in agreement. When, as I told you, I had a couple, and the person who I sat across the table with telling me not to start the church, um, I had several of those people in my life, several good Christian people. But I turned to some people who were godly counselors, people who I looked at who were mentors of faith, who I trusted. <clears throat> and with that, it was interesting, they agreed with me on what God was telling me. They agreed, and some would say, well, you're not getting any older, I mean, not getting any younger, so now's the time to do it if you're going to do it. Other people said, I don't know why. It sounds stupid, but go for it, Jack. And, and I had to. And Jack, you know, God is, I had one pastor say, God's called you to ministry. So do it. I remember sitting across from a district superintendent who was one saying, no, no, no. This is wrong. This is wrong. I can't believe you're doing this. It's going to ruin your career. Same kind of thing. And I remember looking at them, and they said, what are you going to do if it fails? What are you going to do if it fails? And, you know, remember what I told you about my insecurity? You remember back in the early part? In the early part, what are you going to do if it, if it fails? And God gave me this word that took away the insecurity and said, if it fails, God has called me to be a pastor, and he will give me an avenue somewhere else. And that's how I had to go into this. And I'll tell you along the way, that insecurity kept popping up. and still does to this day. But ultimately, God gave me the strength because I knew that it was from God. Look at what it says here. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. I've had people who've sat across the table from me in all kinds of situations, <clears throat> and I've said to them, hey, here's what you need to do. And then, then a year later, they'll come back to me and they'll say, hey, with the same situation, I say, did you do what 
I suggested. No, you and this other person said I should do this, but I haven't. I haven't felt right about it. Well, have you gone? And you're continually saying the same thing, but people aren't taking the counsel from other people. You, sometimes you need to stop what you feel and go with what God says and what you have from other counsel. In Proverbs 19, it says this. <clears throat> Listen to advice and accept discipline. And at the end, you'll be counted among the wise. Many are the plans of the person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. In other words, we feel certain things, but ultimately, when you have good counsel from God, you need to go through that. Look at Proverbs 24. Surely you need guidance to wage war, and victory is won through many advisors. We are in war. Look, don't look for your own advisor to justify your behavior and to justify what you want to do. Look, look for godly behavior. And the last one, I got to get a drink because I've been singing and all kinds of stuff because Wayne had to work till four o'clock. So here we go. <clears throat> all right, here we go. This is the, one of the strongest ones. Do you have peace? When you do something, do you have peace about it? Do you have peace in this? What's different in Christianity is this. We don't worship a God that's far removed. We have God through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. And through the power of the Holy Spirit in us, um, it's kind of like we have that angel and devil on each shoulder that are telling us things here and there. But you need to look at, at one of the terms for, for God is the God of peace, that you have peace in a situation. It may not make sense. I can go back to when I was looking to start this church, and pr- I wrote down pros and cons, and guess what? They did not equal out. They did not equal out at all. But guess what? God, if you look at a, a list, but it, when God tells you if you have peace about something, and it, you know, there's some things that look right to you, but God may say, no, you need to do this. You need to go ahead. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians 14. For God is not the author of confusion, but the God of peace. Philippians, which I think is one of the greatest things. Do not be anxious about any, every, anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your, present your request to God. And the God of peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. Understanding is simply translated human reasoning. I believe that God gave us a mind and we need to be smart and apply our mind to our faith. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. But sometimes God will do something in your life that has nothing to do with human reasoning. It is faith. Faith is being sure what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And that word guard, that word guard means, it's actually the Greek term that means a garrison. That, I'm, that God needs to put a garrison around your heart to guard you from those things that will bring non-peace into your life. And so as we end this series, I want to give you a couple brief things very quickly. I know we're running on time, but I want to give you some very brief things. How, okay, Jack, all right, I hear this, and I'm hearing you, but how many of you remember the days of television with an antenna? Okay, um, and I'm not talking about those, like, little square things. I'm talking about the one that you had tinfoil that wrapped around, or you had the thing on the roof that would go, or sometimes you had to hold it, and you had to stand like this. and get Everybody with me? Okay, so with that, um, I want to give you, you know, I remember, I remember we would get some of the channels and they'd be fuzzy or snowy and you'd have to do that and you have to turn it and then you'd have to have everything uh, all around, aluminum foil up the window and all that kind of stuff. And, and so here's what I want to do. I want to give you some aluminum foil out your spiritual windows, okay, that we're going to do. I want you to, how do you fine tune? 
How do you fine-tune so you don't have the white, so you can fine-tune the white noise out of your life? And there's a couple things. Number one, you got to do these regularly, and I want you to listen to that. So what do we do? We need to tune into God every day. Need to tune into God every day. The goal of these tools and the goal of tools, like for instance, some of you may be like me, you have your Bible and you start off the beginning of the year and you say, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to read a Bible plan. I've got my app. I'm going to go through and I'm going to read the Bible. And then by about day two, you're like, I got to read the Bible. Um, I've got 15 minutes. Check. I got it. Um, oh, got to read this one. Boom. Got it. Woo. Got Bible reading done for the day. Woo. I'm a good Christian. I read it. I'm good. Right? You do that. Or you say, I got to pray. Jesus, thank you for this food. Blessed amen. Okay, good. I got my prayer in today. I got to go. And sometimes we do it to check off a box, but we don't, we're not supposed to read the Bible as checking off a box. We're supposed to do it to connect to the living God. So sometimes if you only have five minutes, just use it as five minutes to read something and just let God speak to you and speak to him. All right? So we need to do that. Don't make the goal of your time with God, just the moment to get it done, to check off a box. Make the experience with God more than, it, more than it ever could be. Sometimes we need to slow down in order to get familiar with the voice of God. John 10, which has been one of our, um, our main verses in the message translation, says, when he gets them all out, the sheep, he leads them and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. Get familiar with God's voice. Number two. If we tune in to God every day, we need to tune out the things that are not of God, the things that oppose God actively. Um, the Holy Spirit, the Scripture says, searches all things, even the deep things of God, and help fine tune. Um, it helps us fine tune and helps us say, "Now that's not of God. I don't need that in my life." Turn that out. Anybody remember when you'd have the TV and sometimes, like, it would be two stations like coming in that they were close, and it would be like, and you, it would drive you nuts because you see something and then it would come in, or, or like a radio. You're hearing it's like going here, and you're like, oh, good, I got this. And it would play like bluegrass, hillbilly, and you're like, that's not what I wanted, right? And then you're trying to turn it and trying to fine-tune it and all that kind of stuff. Look at what it says here in John chapter 10. They won't follow a stranger's voice, but they will scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. Sometimes the scripture says when temptation comes, flee from it. We need to understand what that temptation is and flee from it. And the third thing that I want to give to you is we need to tune up. Tune up our next steps. Why talk to God if you're not going to do anything after he speaks to you? In other words, the Bible says we need to not only be hearers of the word, but anybody know what the rest of that is? Doers. We need somebody to be a doer. Look at the person next to you. Say, let's get doing. Tune it up. Tune it up. Everybody say, tune it up. Tune it up. Let's, let's get doing. All right. Stand where you are. Worship team. Come on up. As, um, as we go to this time of prayer, as often, um, you know, the altar is definitely open for you if you want to pray with some of our Stephen ministers that are here. Um, <clears throat> but more importantly, uh, God is here. And um, if you need to make an altar where you are and just pray and connect and go ahead, um, that's awesome. Um, and so I just want to say something really, really cool. I love the fact, um, I, I love the fact that there's little kids here. I, I just want to say, I love the fact that little kids are here. I know sometimes parents get nervous about that. I love seeing that little guy with his hair. I got, got more hair than me. Um, okay, but, um, and I, I love little kids because, you know, a lot of times we in our churches get like, sometimes there's churches that get kind of nervous about that. But as I read the scripture, Jesus said, let the little children come to me. So parents, don't worry about it. It's awesome. It's cool. 
They're little kids here. We do what we can, right? He says, yeah, I'm awesome. All right, and the reason why we, we, have, we have those ministries for them, but I want you to know that I love seeing these little kids here. Um, cause, so I'm just, I'm, God just told me to say that, all right? Um, and if you don't, there might be a church down the road that's old and stuffy, you go for it. Um, but I love little kids. I do, I just love them, all right? Am I good there? All right, let's go. Let's, um, let's just uh, go to this in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just wanna thank you. You are amazing, and we aren't. I thank you so much that in a world where even many in the Christian faith start to say and think, um, God doesn't speak anymore. I can't hear God. That you, Lord, are, are saying, um, no, I'm talking. It's, it, I don't have a talking problem. You've got a listening problem. And so, God, help us now to just take some time and listen to you and hear you. Hear what you're saying to us. Hear your voice. Here you speak to us in the times of struggle, in times of joy, that every time, that the scripture says, every time, let us listen to you. Every time, God, let us just connect and, and hear your voice. And so, God, as we enter to this time of final worship of this week for you, may we recognize the goodness that you have in our lives, the goodness of your spirit, the goodness of your voice, and that, God, that you are saying to many of us, here I am, you're calling us like you did Samuel, calling us by name. May we answer, here I am, your servant is listening. May, us, may we cut out all the noise, may we listen for those whispers. Whatever you want to speak to us, God, this world so needs you to speak louder. We may need to quiet our own lives down to hear it. But ultimately, God, we will do your will. During this time, if there's somebody here who just needs to hear from you, some person may just need to hear I, that you're loved. Somebody may need to hear... Somebody needs to hear maybe some of the discipline that, hey, you haven't been loving me like you should, and your daddy misses you. Some of us may hear, I'm hurt, and I know you're hurt, but go ahead and forgive, because that's of me. Whatever it may be, God, you minister to us during this time. You're so good to us. May we be that to other people. It's, I've, I've, been, I've been moved, God, in my spirit by seeing the people reach out in a hurricane and, and help others. But God, do we need a natural disaster to love our brother, brothers and sisters? Or do we just need a, heart, a, a change in the disaster of our hearts in this world to love one another? That was your goal to tell us, to love one another as I have loved you, and may we do that. And someone here today may say, I need to know this Jesus that you speak about. And go ahead and touch their hearts, Jesus, in your name.
Amen. So let's just close with prayer. Lord God, I just thank you for everyone here, everyone who's watching. May we have a safe and joyous and happy uh, Labor Day weekend, almost at 4th of July. I'm crazy. Um, but God, most of all, may we connect deeper to you. May we love um, each other more. And may we just experience your Holy Spirit in ways that we never have before. As God, as we, you send us forth here, may we just celebrate your presence. In Jesus' mighty name. Everybody says, amen. Have a great week.